0: Welcome to the Five Football Podcast. We're talking about being an entrepreneur and multiple ways to make money for your family. I'm your host, Priest Gordon. I'm a retired engineer and full time day trader. I started a company called Linwood Holdings where we invest in real estate in Texas and in Colorado. Today's guest is going to be really, really fun. We're talking about marketing. Now, as a small business owner, we all know we need to get customers somehow, some way. But how do we do that? So today we have Brian Palmer in and he's going to teach us how we can get our customers. The best thing about marketing. And going from there. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So tell everybody about yourself. Okay, sure. Uh, my name is Bryant Palmer. My company is called Oh hey Creative and we are a marketing communications, community building agency, nice. um, boutique shop. We help small businesses figure out ways to uh, make meaningful connections with the right people, um, get their stories out and, and, you know, get new customers. Nice. Nice. So how did you get into marketing? A little bit accidental, honestly. I grew up in the South, uh, moved to New York City as soon as I was done with college, mm. um, studied writing. So I got a master's in writing, but I always wanted to be a teacher. So okay. I became a teacher right after that. I was 24 in New York City as a teacher, so I had to have a side hustle. Um, <laughs> my background was writing, so I was a copywriter, just ah, a nice. freelance copywriter. So folks would hire me to write a website copy or um, you know brochure. Uh, marketing materials, whatever. One of my first clients was a good friend of mine who started an event production company. And he was a one-man shop and hired me to do the wording on his website. And he grew that company over the course of about 10 years from a one-man shop into a thriving marketing agency called MKG with 100 employees and a couple of subsidiary businesses. Um, Really incredible success story. And he hired me along the way to do some marketing projects. So nice. it started as copywriting, but I ended up working on you know, a Major League Baseball account and a Delta Airlines account and got my feet wet in terms of what marketing really is like. And at the end of my teaching career, I was no longer in the classroom. I was doing marketing and communications for the school where I've been a teacher. Nice, nice. So it allows you kind of to bridge a little bit from his world to, to your own world. Going yeah, through. exactly. I learned by doing, um, just sort of putting together my background in storytelling and and you know started doing it for a few businesses. I started spending a lot of time in Colorado in 2009. Mm-hmm. In 2014, a guy I knew teamed up with a few of his neighbors to put together a business plan to open a little beer hall, family friendly restaurant in what was then the Stapleton neighborhood, now okay. called Central Park. Um, they recruited me to proofread that business plan, give them some advice on you know wording and storytelling and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Through a series of fortuitous events, that little beer hall project turned into something much bigger. (laughs) They stumbled across an abandoned aviation building uh, called Stanley Aviation, rewrote the business plan, and that turned into what's now Stanley Marketplace. Oh, wow. So from the beginning, um, I was involved in that project. The second thing they had me help do was sort of put together a vision for what Stanley could be. Um, So I wrote a manifesto. We called it the Stanifesto, and that was our our sort of vision of what that project uh, could be in the future. We gave it to businesses, et cetera. I was really involved in that project from the very beginning, and around 2015, realized that I had to decide, do I stay in New York City and enjoy my wonderful life here, or do I take a risk and move to Colorado and and have this sort of second career? And yeah. Stanley was too exciting as a project to say no to. Yeah. So in the summer of 2015, I moved to Colorado and, you know, started my own business, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not even on purpose. It was more about the Stanley project at first, mm-hmm. but um, got that project up and running. Turned out it was really successful. People loved it. Did a great job building an audience there. Um, really had a good time working with small businesses in that mm-hmm. project. There are 50 of them. So got to learn a lot about how small businesses launch a business and tell their stories and find customers and got to help a lot of them do that and was really inspired by that work. And Ohay Creative grew out of all that. Nice, nice.
0: think about So you got, they have 50 different businesses working with that whole project. So you got to really, so what type of business were, were involved?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have. You know, I think 20 food and beverage businesses, about a dozen boutiques. There are about a dozen services-oriented businesses. So, And that's everything from um, uh, kids, you know, an early childhood learning center Mm -hmm. to a nail salon, um, a dentist office. But then we've got um, full-service restaurants, some walk-up counter-style restaurants, and a variety in terms of um, experience and, and size, too. Um, All Colorado-based businesses, you'd have a place like Sweet Cow Ice Cream that had six locations already, and then you'd have um, a flower shop that had been running out of a woman's basement, and and Stanley was her first brick-and-mortar location, so a big variety in terms of resources and access and experience, and it was great to help all those people figure out how to tell their stories and to figure out ways to get them to work together to tell a bigger story about about the place as a destination. Exactly. And so for a while, we really focused on food hall-type businesses. Mm -hmm. So um, helped open another one in Denver, um, did some consulting for one in in Minneapolis, another in Golden, Colorado, um, and just got really focused on helping small businesses inside food halls tell their stories. Nice. So what type of services do you provide for these businesses? So we do – we're you know we're a little bit of a generalist. We do several different things, but I'd say um, probably boils down to about five main things. So we do a little public relations. We do social media and related digital marketing. Uh, we do email marketing, which we're really bullish on as a yeah. powerful tool. Um, and we do some experiential marketing, which mm. is a nice way of saying we throw events. Yeah. You know, sometimes we find partners to throw events at locations. Other times we produce them ourselves. Um, that's always a really good time. And then we do a little bit of strategic partnerships. So finding businesses and organizations that want to work with the businesses we represent, try to give them opportunities to expand their audience through those partnerships. Yeah. Collective using somebody else's audience to get exposure. You know, that was so huge when Stanley first started because that project was a bunch of Um, people with no development experience whatsoever. Um, so we, we knew that if we teamed up with really successful organizations, we'd be able to get some, um, you know, get a reputable name for ourselves and reach a new audience. So, uh, one of the early things I did when we were still a construction site is I met a couple of folks at Denver center for the performing arts. Mm. I went to a production they did called sweet and lucky over in a warehouse in Rhino and my friend that took me, I was like, "You've got to introduce me to the people who found this, nice. who, who created this experience." So they, she tracked them down for me, introduced us, and I convinced them to come out to me, which was in a construction site. Told them to wear boots, <laughs> gave them a hard hat, and vest, walked them around this giant building, and said, "Whatever you want to do, we will do it here with you. Um, love what you do. Believe in your, you know, vision for experiential, interesting arts nice. projects." Um, and that led to, I guess, now probably the sixth collaboration with DCPA. Mm. Um, but in those early days, doing an, an event with Denver Center for the Performing Arts gave Stanley legitimacy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, always looking for opportunities like that. Yeah. And I just really love working with arts-minded people in general. Mm-hmm. So we've got a little bit of an arts focus, too. Yeah,
0: nice. Cause everybody's been to a show before, so they, you know, yeah, you, you get attached to that name. It's, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Nice, nice. So, how big of a staff do you have? And what does everybody do?
1: So, me full time, and then I have a small but mighty army of freelancers. So, normally when I'm working with a new client, I'll figure out which one of those people I bring in to work with me on it, depending on the needs for that client. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not a graphic designer, so I, I love people who have that skill. Um, writing is really important. Being able to relay information in a concise, compelling, interesting way. Yeah. So one of the first things I look for is, is whether someone has that ability, mm-hmm. you know, how, how good are emails even, or yeah. if, if we're DMing on Instagram, how, 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 how solid are they there? Um, and then, you know, I like, I like people who can dream big, yeah. who have, who have imaginations and creativity. Nice, nice.
0: So pretty much for this model, you do everything full time. And then depending on the project, you'll bring in what you need. So i was thinking about exactly. So a film crew, you would just find you. I guess the question is, do you find how do you find your people to know if they're good or not?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, I I started when I was working at Stanley. It was just me handling just about everything. Um, But I would have an occasional summer intern. And the ones that worked out the best were ones who reached out to me first. Sort of found me, and a couple yeah. of the freelancers I work with the most are people who contacted me directly, or you know, my company, Oh Hey Creative. Um, you know, most recently I um, hired a young woman who reached out to us on Instagram and said, "Hey, love what you do, looking for similar work. Would love to talk about it." So sent her over my email address and we had a couple of email exchanges and I was impressed right away with her writing ability. Um, and that's turned into a collaboration. So she's working on one project with me now. Um, I'm, um, putting together a couple of proposals that I'll bring her in on if she's interested too. Nice. It keeps your overhead down low. Though. Well, it's important because I, you know, I'm still a relatively small shop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think right before COVID we were headed towards a full-time employee, um, and then COVID hit, yeah. went from, you know, 10 projects to two projects in about the space of a week, wow. um, shuffled my expectations for what things would be like. But mm-hmm. that experience was really interesting because it gave us an opportunity to refocus on what we really wanted to be doing and and helped us figure out our path forward. Nice. And yeah, we, we it also opened up a few opportunities to work with new businesses we hadn't met before who needed something really special during COVID. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause that changed That changed the dilemma for everybody. The oh, whole so dynamic many things.
1: oh, it really did. And I think for a lot of small businesses, one of the first things you feel like you can cut from your budget is marketing. And um, maybe you, maybe you just think you have to, or maybe it seems expendable. Um, and then for the early days of COVID, it was interesting because you couldn't really have people come to your business. You had yeah. to figure out a new way to stay afloat. Um, I would have argued that marketing was even more important at yeah. that time, but, um, you know, uh, it was a hard year for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. A lot of brick and mortars had to really get their online
0: presence lined up and then bring people in and kind of go from there. So it changes people, how they operate and people who did not want to make that transition. They kind of, they kind of took the brunt of the buck.
1: Yeah. You so. really had to be nimble and and flexible and you had to think fast and creatively, um, I saw a lot of small businesses do some really incredible things. Yeah. Um, it was great to see. And, you know, a lot of them have taken their adjustments that they made during mm-hmm. COVID and, and turned them into new revenue streams and, right. and new ways to reach folks um, in really impressive ways. Mm-hmm.
0: It forced people to, to adapt. And Absolutely. then you get the new, you're like, hey, you know, I kind of like this a little bit. And then you mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're actually really good at delivery. Yeah. 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 So now, so what, what kind of mistakes do you see companies make when they first get into and learning how to do marketing?
1: Uh, that's a great question. You know, the first one I would say are people who try to do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I think when you're launching a small business and you don't have a pile of cash in your backyard, <laughs> um, like most people, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you try to cut corners where you can. Um, and for a lot of small business owners I work with, they, they just sort of try to take on everything themselves, Mm -hmm. but there's real value in someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to marketing communications. Um, and in my experience, it's usually worth the investment. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I try to convince people that, you know, um, whatever these numbers are, you're looking at, it's probably worth it to invest in marketing. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. Um, I'd say another mistake is. Goodness, um, yeah, maybe trying to. You know, I think this is more true with social media than anything else. But I, I've met with a few business owners who have this sort of spray and pray approach. <laughs> They'll just post a bunch of stuff and hope for the best, um, without really thinking about the strategy behind that. Yeah, um, and you know, social media half that phrase is the word social. Mm-hmm. And if all you're doing is posting something not actually engaging with people on whatever platform you're using, you're missing out on a big opportunity. That's right. Um, Just posting a photo every now and then is not going to get you much return. You've got to be present on, Mm -hmm. on that app or that, that platform, Um, talking to people, engaging with them, interacting with them. And there are a whole bunch of different ways to do that. But if you're not a marketing professional, you're probably not aware of all those ways. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, I'm always trying to encourage people to focus on the social aspect uh, of social media in particular.
0: Yeah. I think when you think about them um, as a small business owner, you really you come up with the idea of the business by yourself or with one other partner. You really try to do everything on your own, but you have to realize is that you're really good at doing this thing. And sometimes you think about like um, a baker it is magnificent at making cakes and cupcakes and everything else, but running the business is really kind of hard for them. So they always hire a business manager to say, you know what? You run the numbers. I make the cakes mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. So if you think about the same thing with marketing, your advertising, everything else, you may understand a little bit of it, but that's not how you feed your family. That's right. So I say, you know what? You should hire
1: people who feed their family doing this, and they're going to be so much better than you. are going from there. That's great advice. That's great advice. You know, I, I tell give people that advice about marketing along along all the time, um, and yet it took me a long time to find a really good accountant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. hypocritical of me. But, you know, once I did, I was like, wow, that mm-hmm. changes my life, It changes my business model entirely, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really good advice. I like that analogy. Yep, yep. So as far as getting started, what kind of budgets are you seeing from new
0: businesses or established businesses? What are they looking at?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I think it depends a lot in on the scope of work that we're going to do for a company. You know, for some people, we're just stepping in and doing social media. And and that's really all we're doing. I say that's all we're doing, but all the components of marketing are really connected. So I rarely give a proposal to a business that doesn't include email marketing, too, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's such a powerful tool. And because if you don't do it a lot, it can seem overwhelming. A lot of people just ignore it. Um, So even if someone reaches out to us and says, hey, we want you to take over our social media, I'll try to include email marketing when I can. Yeah. Um, we're in the process of moving away from a more project-based fee to a more hourly-based fee. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to make sense with a couple of our newer clients, and we're sort of figuring out what that looks like. Yeah. Um, in terms of investment, it really depends on scope and scale. Yeah. I think, um, you know, our, our, our smallest contracts are probably two grand a month. Mm-hmm. Um, they go up from there, depending on what we're doing for people. Um, and it's mostly about time and effort and skill. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a couple of clients for whom we do, uh, social media and that's multiple posts per day on a variety of channels. We do email marketing. We do, um, influencer marketing, we do strategic partnerships. Um, we do public relations. Um, you no, know, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It, it's, um, I still think hiring an agency is often as, if not more effective than having a full-time person on your team do those yeah. things. just depends on the business. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's not a numbers-filled answer. Yeah, but, of course. It's based on what
0: they're doing. Yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I think I'd say our hourly rate ranges, but it's generally average 150 an hour, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when I'm talking to a small business, that can seem like a really high number, but then I ask them how much they pay their attorney. Um, <laughs> it's always yeah. more than that. That's right. That's um, and and I, my recommendation is that, we can do as much for their business as a good attorney would uh, just true. in a different way. That's right. That's right. The, the attorney is going to be reactive. You know what yeah, I mean? that's right. And stuff happens going from there. But
0: if you think about it, you guys can sit back and say, you know what? Well, we just need social media. Okay. Well, we can get that cover for you or can we help film a commercial or, all kind of fun stuff. Do you ever think about putting people on TV? How does that work? Or do you have any experience doing that?
1: Yeah, we most of our experience with video and videography comes from teaming up with other folks. Yeah. So sometimes that's bringing in a TV reporter to do a feature on a particular business. We love doing that. We I do, saw one recently that
0: you did. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I think it was uh it was a it was a food restaurant. And you had one of the news guys come in. I mean, you posted on Instagram. I was like, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we do that a bunch uh, anytime we can. You know, a lot of people still watch TV. Um, They've got pros doing those things and and telling stories, a really interesting way to do it. Um, We've done some video work for clients, but that's more of us sort of being the creative director and then finding a video agency to help with the actual execution. So I have a videographer I can call when I've got a client who's ready to invest in that sort of undertaking. Um, We really like doing the storyboarding and the script writing for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't do the actual videography ourselves. Got them to it. Yeah, got them to it. Find the right person. Uh, There are a lot of really talented video folks around Metro Denver. So we've got a short list of of people we try to work with. Mm -hmm. Now explain the process when you first, let's say somebody gives you a
0: call, I'm interested
1: in doing X, Y, and Z. Your whole process from interviewing them to onboarding to going from there? Sure. That's a good question. Um, you know, first thing we do is figure out who that person is. Usually we've got some connection to the business or at least mm-hmm. know a little bit about it, or it's a referral. Yeah, uh, We've been really lucky that the people we work with tend to like us and, and <laughs> yeah. refer us to other folks. Um, nice. So first thing we'll do is dive in with a little bit of research. Uh, you know, who is the company? And then uh, who are the people behind it? This is really important to know both those things because uh, a lot of different folks have different expectations when it comes to marketing in general, and we try to wrap our heads around that, and then we do a dive into their existing assets. So, you know, we'll do Google searches and see how many times they've appeared in the news and, and what those stories and articles are like. Uh, we'll check out their social media channels. We'll see if they have email marketing. If, if we don't, if we haven't already subscribed to their email list, we'll ask them to send us a recent one or a recent two. Um, often the answer is we don't do that Uh (laughs) more often than not. Um, so we do a little bit of research and we use that to put together a proposal for how we think we can help. And that's really clear and straightforward. It's, you know, here's who you are as a business in our eyes, and here's what we think we could offer if we work together. Um, sometimes it's really extensive. It's like a, you know, six prong plan and it ends up mm-hmm. being a 15 page proposal. Yeah. Um, other times it's very specific. It's, it, it, I mean, it's always specific, but other times it's much simpler. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're, we we want to do your social media. We want to do your email marketing. Here's an overview of what that's, lo- that looks like. We send that off to them. Uh, that's usually followed by a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, usually in person during COVID, we were hired a couple of times without ever meeting face to face, which is just a wild experience, yeah. but it worked. We made it work. Um, But, yeah, we usually follow that up with a face-to-face meeting, and that's where we can get a little more specific, answer Mm -hmm. their questions about our proposal, um, talk through some budget items if that's necessary, um, you know, follow up with any information they want from us, and then we wait for their call saying, hey, let's get to work. Um, We tend to move pretty quickly, so that process can be – done in as little as a couple of weeks. Nice. Um, You know, we're at a point right now where we need a little bit more of a lead time. Nice. Uh, When we first start working with a new client, we do a lot of research Mm -hmm. into uh, who they are publicly, who they are behind the scenes and, and where we think they land in the bigger picture of whatever industry they're in. We, we always do a a comparison with a few other businesses that we sort of think of as their peers. Yeah. Um, And we usually do that with a few in the Denver market and then, a couple others in a different market outside of the United States. Yeah. You know, I I lived in New York City for 20 years. It feels like home, you know, in addition to Denver to me. So I always look to a couple places in New York and sort of use that as a model. Mm -hmm. Um, Things sometimes happen there more quickly than other spots in the U.S. So we're always sort of looking, seeing Mm -hmm. what people are doing. So we put together those comps and use those to help come up with um, a plan. You know, we don't want to imitate what other people are doing by any means, but it's really smart to be aware of what other people are doing. And what I tell small businesses all the time, especially when they're trying to do their own social media, is that, you know, you need to look at the most popular accounts and see what they're doing because that's what your customers are seeing every time they scroll through their feed. Yeah. So you need to be aware of these, you know, there are companies out there with million dollar budgets when it comes to photography and videography, et cetera, and, You're competing against them for the people's attention. That's right. So you got to figure out a way to stand out in that landscape. Mm -hmm. And it's harder to do that if you have no idea of what that landscape is. Yeah. So we do a lot of research. um, And then we dive in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of small business owners have a hard time understanding the branding up front. They have the idea in their mind. But you got to think about it from the customer's and client's point of view going from there. And so many times you don't think of it that way until – you see a competitor like, oh, that's what they're doing, and that's what their logo, that's what their name is, and then this is how they post. Oh, they had this video done. Like, okay, websites, everything else. You start realizing the whole picture, realizing what you need to really do and going from there.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. And I think, um, you know, consistency is one of the most important components of a digital marketing strategy for sure, um, just being present. Um with some sort of rhyme and reason over time and then being true to your voice. You know, I think because our backgrounds as, as writers, um, we pay a lot of attention to how, Mm -hmm. how we sound for a particular client and what words and phrases we use, what words and phrases we don't use. Mm Um, you know, I'm from Alabama, so I think a lot about the word Mm y'all sometimes, and I have some Denver based clients for whom using the word y'all makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I have others for whom it just wouldn't you know and that depends on a, a, a particular business's uh voice and brand yeah. and and you know it's important to keep those things in mind yeah. um and 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 be consistent now do you ever get any kind of pushback from clients about certain things you know not a whole lot i think um you know we have a lot of conversations with clients we're we're very lucky in that we've sort of established ourselves as as pretty good at doing this work and so a lot of the people we work with tend to trust us to do yeah. it um haven't had a lot of interactions recently where we've had to defend something that we've did, yeah. so this something that we've done. Um, and, you know, at the same time, we're not, we're not pushing out really controversial content yeah. most of the time. I'd say a really interesting moment was during the early days of COVID when the people we were working for were so, well, scared, uh, confused, uncertain. Nobody knew how to react. Nobody knew how to handle. Remember, you know, before we even called it COVID, you know, the coronavirus there. I don't know. It was wild days, March 2020, especially. And our advice to the clients we were working with at the time was to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, make decisions based on what's best for your business and for the public. And don't necessarily wait for somebody to tell you what to do establish yourself. This is especially true at Stanley. Um, Let's establish ourselves as a thought leader in this space. Mm -hmm. And let's make decisions before we have to, um, so that we make sure people really trust that we have their best interests. That was really hard during those months. Mm -hmm. And so during those first few months of COVID, a lot of the conversations we had were about that kind of messaging, right? Can we tell people they have to wear a mask before the Government yeah. tells us we have to wear a mask okay. and and for Stanley, that made a lot of sense mm-hmm. um and so we did yeah um yeah that 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 was probably among the most mm-hmm. frightful and contentious times yeah. for sure, yeah. just a lot of conversations, yeah. but you know right, we we're a communications agency, so we're big fans of communicating <laughs> a lot um yeah. and just having open honest conversations about what makes sense yeah,
0: I think about where <clears throat> from a business standpoint. You just want to make sure every, you're you're providing that safety to your clients, your customers that are coming in. Now, yeah, we all have our own different opinions about the, the pandemic and everything else going from there, mm-hmm. but from a company standpoint, you're saying, you know what? To be respectful of everyone, these are kind of some ways going from there. It's not the same
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was really important. Um, and the other thing for Stanley, there are close to, you know, four to five hundred people who work inside that building, all at a variety of businesses. So it was really important to make sure we were putting their interests as a priority too. Mm -hmm. Um, And we said that publicly, like, look, we have all these people who work here. We have to make sure they're taken care of. And therefore we're doing X, Y, and Z. Nice. Um, Yeah. Have you had any kind of real estate clients hit you guys up yet? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. We, so one of our clients right now is a little development in Park Hill. It's called Park Hill Commons. We do their social media and we do one event for them per month. Nice. Um, so right now we're working on the, an opening celebration for a park next week that was built near their property. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting together, um, you know, hired a local DJ, hired a face painter, um, putting together some, uh, pop-up experiences with businesses on that block, mm-hmm. just trying to turn this, uh, Thursday evening of next week into a fun party for the neighborhood. Nice. Um, so that's a lot of fun. That's the, that's our current real estate client. Um, I'm interested in real estate in general, so yeah. I like it a lot, nice. um, and and yeah, open to that industry for sure. We're mostly food and beverage focused. Mm-hmm. Um, also, love to eat, which is very <laughs> convenient. Course. Yeah, um, uh, but we've had a few a few businesses outside of, of food and beverage and real estate. It has to be a perk of working with restaurants. To get oh, good absolutely, food. it's wow. great. It's great. Um, just uh, so many different operators. You know, we, we handle marketing communications for Edgewater Public Market mm-hmm. over by Sloan's Lake. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, uh, there's some fantastic food over there. And the hardest part is deciding what to eat mm-hmm. each time. But mm-hmm. it's a good problem. So, so people come with you with
0: their own kind of idea of what they want to do sometimes, or they just give you guys complete control? To go from there.
1: You know, most of our clients let us take whatever it is we're working on for them and run with it. Um, we try to relay what we're doing and then show them results. So, you know, uh, here's an overview of what we've done in the past month and, and here's what we're working on coming up in the next quarter. Um, so yeah, most people, um, most people let us run with whatever it is that we're doing with collaboration involved. You know, mm-hmm. we we spend a lot of time at the businesses we're working for, um, and working with so we can really get to know them, their teams, their, their community, yeah. Um, and we're pretty, we're pretty big into the community building aspect of our work. Um, and, and figuring out ways to create meaningful connections with, mm-hmm. uh, with people. So if that's a place like Edgewater public market, um, you know, how do people enjoy that space when they get there? Yeah. Um, what inspires them to come a second, third, or fourth time? Um, what can we do to make sure they're thinking about us all the time and, and, we think about those things and then try to put into place some strategies that will, um, you know, help keep keep people excited about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was talking before, you know, um, if you heard that old field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. So many business owners think, well, you know, if I just set everything up, it's going to be so awesome, everybody's going to come anyway. But you think so many times that's not how it happens. You can have the Taj Mahal and nobody know it exists. Sure. You know, going from there. So, so many times I see people who really struggle with, using money for advertising instead of buying more product or getting this done. Whereas they'll spend money on bigger things mm-hmm. compared to their marketing and like, Oh no, I don't have time for that. I can push that back later, but then struggle with your clients and their, and
1: their deal flow coming in. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's so important to invest in marketing smartly mm-hmm. and to, if you can't do it yourself and don't know how to do it yourself to find a partner that's able to do that. Um, you know, I, I, think a lot of small businesses try to find an employee and hand over some marketing responsibilities to them. I think that works every now and then, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't work nearly as much as, as we would all like it to, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really important. The, um, storytelling piece is really important too. You know, you, you can have a great business and a great product, but you've got to figure out how to make sure you're finding the right people who are going to get excited about that, you know, and, and that's not everybody in the world. Um, in most cases, you know, in most cases, whatever your business does well has a target audience. And so you've really got to focus in on who that audience is and, and where do you find them?
0: Yeah. 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 And trying to sit back and kind of telling a story and then bringing people in to really what they're, what attracts them to that business. Cause so many times like your avatar is going to be a very certain, certain person, certain demographic going from here, but you can't just advertise everybody. And so many times we think we can. Whereas not even when you talk about selling properties, wherever it is, your market is a very specific type of individual, but you throw that, hey, wild Nate, out there, you wasted money on one part, mm-hmm. and you're not really hitting what you're looking at doing as
1: a yeah. person. You know, we talk about that a lot when we're talking about um, digital ad spends, um, even traditional print advertising. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's really important to try to figure out who you're trying to reach and to try to reach those people. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we talk to a lot, uh, we talk to our businesses about a lot is, the importance of repeat customers, yeah. you know, um, it's great to have somebody new come in and try your business, but the bread and butter of most of the businesses we work with are people who come there again and again. That's right. And so we pay a lot of attention to making sure the people who are fans and followers of the businesses we work with feel seen and heard and appreciated and, and respected and understood. Um, Cause that's so important. Um, you know, having a, 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 community of people who love your business and want to see it succeed um, is huge. So figuring out ways to inspire that community um, and keep them connected is essential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know for us,
0: like I love the Denver Biscuit Company. Like that is, that <laughs> is good. like part of my soul. <laughs> so uh, so perfect example, I took my, my kid to college this week. So before he left, what did we do for breakfast? Denver Biscuit Company. Nice. You know, we just, I get my chicken biscuit with the gravy. I have to do it. You know what I mean? So you think about that. Whenever I'm that part of town or if I have the time to really get a good breakfast, that's where I'm going. It just is locked in. And you know there's certain restaurants that people have in their heart. Like I love Shanahan's. I love it to that. So if I sit back, I want a really nice steak with the shrimp to go with it. That's where I'm going. I mean, there's tons of places you can go, but repeat customers, that's how you feed your business. And then they're going to bring someone with them, tell somebody about it. And so, a perfect example the first time someone goes to Denver Biscuit Company, like, oh, this is really nice. And then they tell their friend about it. Guess what? The other friend goes on their own, takes their family. So, if you want to grow your business, that repeat customers. And that's really not with restaurants, but that's anything, real estate as well. It's you sit back and people know, you know what? Well, you bought a house for me, and now your sister's going to buy one. A cousin needs to buy one, too, and it just kind of goes that way.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. I think, um, you know, I think about that in a couple different ways. I have a PR colleague in town who who likes to say that, you know, everybody has five or six restaurants that they think of as their go-to restaurants. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're a person who eats out, likes to eat out. And the goal for the businesses he works with is to make them – one of those five or six restaurants, you know, um, you know, my list is probably more like 14 because I (laughs) eat out all the time and really love it. But, um, I think that's really important to keep in mind. And it's true for retail businesses too. Um, you know, for shops and boutiques and that sort of thing. Um, and what I'm telling people a lot when I'm working with them is that, you know, the work you're doing in digital media and, is, is really important because it's an opportunity to engage with people who've been to your business. Yeah. Um. So that's why it's really important to not just post something and wish for the best. You've got to you've got to see who's tagging your business in posts and what are they saying about it, and then you interact with them. A, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, very brief. Instagram DM exchange with a person who ate dinner at your restaurant last night can go a long way. Oh yeah. Um. I remember when I was just a casual eater before I was doing this full time. Um, I was in the Upper West Side in New York City where I lived, and there was a, a restaurant that was opening nearby, and they started following me on Twitter.
0: Yeah. And I
1: was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. That's interesting." Yeah. Um, and then a few days later, I posted something that was related to the neighborhood, and they commented on it. I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of cool." Um, that happened, you know, two or three times maybe. I was there the weekend they opened. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw who they were. I saw that they were engaging with me as someone who lived nearby the neighborhood. And I made a point of being there as soon as they opened. Yeah. Um, I, I think social media is great because it's got the potential to reach people like that. Mm-hmm. If you use it well, it takes yeah. a lot of time. It takes yeah. a lot of, a lot of work, um, but it can be a really valuable tool that way. Yeah. It has
0: to be genuine. Like you said, I think that's why you guys spend so much time on the front end, analyzing your clients and getting to know who they are, what their message is, what what their brand is, because in order to reach your clients, you have to truly know who you are and be genuine That's like, you true. can't sit back and just kind of be putting a facade out here, you have to really be that person when you're talking to people because it matters so these are the people who are are feeding your business, so you really gotta care about them whether they like realizing, okay, everybody likes this chicken biscuit with the gravy on it. make sure we have that. don't just discard the gravy,
1: you know sure. I mean, that kind of thing so yep, um, no, that's very true. I ordered the chicken biscuit with honey, oh, oh yes, yeah, oh, my wife clothes oh, so that. good, yeah, it's really good um. Yeah, that's so true. And and I think a, a key element, too, is, is the goal isn't to try to sell something all the time. You know, um, if every single thing you put out publicly on social media, on email marketing is like, buy this, come here, do this. Um, nobody likes to be bossed around all the time. Um, so I think the idea is to sort of present who you are as a story instead of just demanding that people pay attention to what product you're mm-hmm. you're, you're putting out there. Um, so that's why we think a lot about the storytelling component of things. Yeah, I think if you
0: are if you're in front of the people, they're going to check you out and know what you have to offer. You don't have to always keep pushing what you have. You can notify people we got a sale going on this and that, but just being present. Mhm. Cuz when you're present in a relationship with somebody like, "Okay, well, I know somebody from marketing. Hey, do you need something? I know somebody you can call." You know what that's I mean? Right. Going from there. You don't have to sit back and advertise your services to everyone. You just sit back and say, I'm here, I'm present. How you guys doing? What's going on in your community? What do you guys need from us? This is what we're doing over here. And then people will click that link and check out, oh, yeah, I know somebody over here. And that's how you get your business, just by being present. So at we at top five. Five yep. restaurants people know, well, I want to get something to eat or my friends are coming in town from Chicago. I'm going to take them somewhere really nice. Okay, I know the manager is Shanahan's. Let's go over here. That yep. kind of thing. So Yeah, no,
1: that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think – Um, It's another reason we encourage the businesses we work with to think about ways they can be involved with the bigger communities Mm -hmm. they're a part of. Sometimes it's a neighborhood community. Sometimes that's the food and beverage community. Um, You know, we saw that a lot during COVID especially. Um, People, a lot of people really rallied around independent restaurants because Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. sort of understood maybe like in a way they hadn't before how valuable independent restaurants are to a community. Um, It makes a city a city. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, restaurants who embrace that community aspect, you know, did well with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm always asking folks that we work with to think about what communities you're a part of and think about ways to um, be involved. Yeah. It was during COVID.
0: There was, um,
1: it was a commercial for, I
0: think, a restaurant in Boston and they were showing that this restaurant has been here these years, and they showed the owner hanging out with everybody, him at the gym work. It was it was really cool showing the, the generations that have been at this restaurant, but saying, mm-hmm. you know what, now it's in jeopardy, so you guys got to support it. And I think it was really cool. I th- it might have been a MasterCard commercial, somebody really getting behind this business, mm-hmm. but it kind of showed, like, you know, this restaurant has been here, and you guys love this place, but this place that you love it may go away if we don't support it, you know what I mean? So kind of going from there. So it's good that people are connected with the businesses going from there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, service industry, food and beverage industry in general has had a really hard 18 months or so. And, um, you know, it's it's harder than it's ever been to, to keep in business, you know, running on really thin margins like that. So yeah. figuring out ways to uh, inspire people to be supportive is really helpful. Um, with most of the clients we work with, we encourage them to share some behind-the-scenes aspects mm-hmm. of their business. People like knowing that there are people behind the business, making yeah. it run. Um, I think of my favorite restaurants and the people I know there who are front of house, back of house, and and how much we're thankful for the, yeah. <laughs> the way they feed us. Yeah. Um, I think telling those stories of your teams can be really important too. Oh, yeah. My favorite
0: waiter at um – at a uh, lost Cajun down there off of Santa Fe, he moved to New York, and I was like, dude. You know what <laughs> what I mean, like he knew my order every single time, but I, I mean, I understand it. But yeah, it's, you get connect like Listen
1: that. Listen to this: they're not a client of me, but I live really close to a place called Brasserie Brixton okay. uh, over in Cole. It's on William Street, and love that place. New restaurant opened during COVID. Great. I was in Hudson, New York, upstate New York, uh, just a couple of weeks ago for a wedding. Walking down the street in Hudson, New York, and I see a block in front of me, Chris. He's the Psalm at Brasserie Brixton. So I'm like yeah. yelling on the street. I'm like, Hey Chris <laughs> from a block away. Um, but I was so excited to run into a guy who works at my neighborhood restaurant. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was so fun and so cool. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that we try to do as Oh, Hey creative is sort of take those meaningful connections that you have in a real life at a restaurant or a, a service business and bring them to life wherever we are. So yeah. if it's on social media or if it's email marketing or at an event, we try to foster, meaningful connections between a business and a community so that, um, you know, the people who are, who are there feel truly connected.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's say if I was a brand new business, let's say I've been in, in operation for maybe like six months, got some sales going on, things are going on. And I was like, you know what? I need to really increase my
1: marketing presence. What questions would I ask? How would I find a marketing agency? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I mean, I think one of the first things you can do is Ask some of your peer businesses, some of your friends in the business world who they use and if they could refer anybody to you. Um, most of our new business comes from direct referrals. Somebody who says, hey, you should go talk to Bryant or, you know, you should check out Oh Hey Creative. Um, we've had a couple people we work with find us on Instagram first and reach out, just a little DM. Um, so I think that's one way to do it. Um, you know, it's probably better than a general Google search, yeah. um, but Google searches have a place too. Um you know, I think if you're if you're doing a Google search to find a marketing agency, you're going to find the big guys around mm-hmm. town. Uh, and some of them are really great, really talented at what they do. Um, but I always encourage people to to ask their friends and mm-hmm. fellow businesses yep. for someone. And then, you know, what questions do you ask when you're finding out yeah. um, whether you want to work with somebody? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think, you know, you should generally have a conversation about what you're looking for mm-hmm. and then ask for a proposal and then – I think when you're looking at that proposal and talking about it, I think you should think through, um, you know, are they giving me exactly what I asked for mm-hmm. or are they proposing things that I didn't even know I needed? Because yeah. um, when we talk to a new business, um, we're not, you know, if they say, hey, I want to hear what you can do with us with social media, we'll, we'll provide that for them. But we're also going to give them an overview of everything they should be doing marketing wise. Nice. And it won't necessarily be things that we need to do for them. Um, But we want to make sure we're working with folks who are taking a holistic approach to marketing. You can't be successful. Yeah, exactly. You you know, it's really important to to think big picture about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's great if you can invest in a whole bunch of different arenas of marketing. If you can only afford to invest in one or two, I think it's really smart to think about what are the two most effective ones. Mm -hmm. And maybe you as a business owner don't necessarily know that, but the agency you're talking to should be able to tell you that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I love I love it when people ask us, um, you know, what would you do if you had an unlimited budget with us? Oh. Um, it's a really good question because um, then we can sort of lay out a big picture vision for what that business could be doing if money were no object and then sort of scale that down within a framework of a budget. Mm. Um, so I really like that question. I've only been asked it once, but I thought that was really <laughs> cool. I thought that was really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of this work comes down to trust mm. Um, if you're a small business, you really have to trust the agency you're working with to, to make sure that they're, um, that they know what they're talking about and that they, um, are going to do what they say they do. Yeah. So those are two really big priorities for us when we're meeting with new people, um, you know, we always provide a few references, say, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to hear about people who worked with us before, nice. call this person, call that person. Um, cause I think that can go a long way and, and make sense, makes sense to do, um, and you're, you know, you're, you're honestly handing over your brand yeah. to someone, and that's really important. So I think coming to an understanding of how you operate and who you are together as people, can you work collectively as a team, that goes a long way.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, another point about that, handing your brand over. So let's say someone hires you to do a social media. Are they reviewing before you post, or you guys are just running? It's a
1: good question. Um, for the people we work with, we are just running. So we establish a good relationship with folks, um, establish some trust with those folks, and and um, basically ask them to trust us with that. We'll give them a sort of overview of our approach, yeah. um, let them know what we envision in terms of content and voice, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, luckily we've done this for other people, so we can sort of show them, here's an account we built from scratch, and nice. here's where they stand right now, and here's what our voice is like. Um, and we start slowly, honestly. Um, we – we don't want, in most cases, we don't want the general followers of an account to know that there's been yeah. a big change, yeah. right? Uh, the customer doesn't need to know who's behind Instagram in most cases. I mean, that's not true if you're an influencer or, you know, you're, you're, you're your own business person representing your business. But in general, for a restaurant or a retail shop, um, we don't want the customers to know there's been some dramatic change. So yeah. we want to really be true to their voice, Um be sort of true to what they're doing, but do it as well as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll sort of move into that slowly. Um, we'll use stories and, and, and we'll, some early posts and then check in with the businesses to make sure they're cool with how things are going so far. Um, and that usually works. Nice, yeah, nice. So you think
0: they should work with a company that's local to them or can they work with someone that's online
1: and kind of away from them? That's a good question. I mean, I think it depends on what they're doing. Uh, Most of the businesses that we work with are not giant corporations with massive budgets. They're, um, you know, smaller businesses that are pretty centralized to a place, mostly Denver-based at this point, um, or Metro Denver, if you will. Um, You know, we've done projects in a few other states, but those are on a shorter scale, smaller time frame. Um, I really prefer when people work with someone local. Um, You know, for me, representing a restaurant is way easier if I'm spending time in that restaurant. Um, You know, telling the story of a boutique is easy if I go to that boutique. And, 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 you know, if I don't shop there, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of women's boutiques. um, And I'm not necessarily the target customer um, except that I buy gifts for my sister and the other women in my life. Um, So, yeah, I think it's really helpful. You know, you can hire an international or a national agency to grow your Instagram following, Mm -hmm. quote, unquote. Um, I'm suspicious of most of those. um, Most of those plans or or possibilities. Um because growing an Instagram community really shouldn't just be about getting as big of a follower Mm account as you as you want. Um you know, I was looking into a a a business here recently and they had a really large follower account, but then um all their posts had like forty five likes and no comments. So it's, mm-hmm. There's no point in having 40,000 followers if literally nobody is commenting on your post. That's right. And 40 out of 40,000 people are clicking that like button. Yeah. Um, that tells me that your account is fake. That's right. Um, or maybe you did stuff really well a year ago, but you've lost that mm-hmm. and you don't really know what you're doing. Um, So I'm encouraging folks all the time to take a deeper look when they're, you know, that follower count is something people love to think about and talk about. Like, oh, I want X number. I want 10,000 followers. I want 20,000 followers. Engagement engagement is so important. Um, If you don't spend a lot of time on social media, you don't necessarily know that. Mm -hmm. So we're always doing a little bit of an educational piece and saying, um, you know, here's what you should be paying attention to. Sure. Follower account is important, but it's important in terms of growth. Yeah. You know, is your follower account? steadily increasing over time. Mm-hmm. Is that something to pay attention to? Um, is it going down? Cause that's a problem. Yeah. Um, but then way more important is, is how are people engaging with your content? Yeah. Are they talking about it? Are they tagging you? Are they liking your posts? Are they sending your posts to other people? Mm. Um, I mean, that's our favorite thing yeah. is to figure out a way to post something that other people are going to see and then send to their friends. Yeah. That's also the best for the, you know, your own results in terms yeah. of reach. Yeah. Um, you know, your casual business owner who's not a marketing pro doesn't really know to look at all that stuff. Yeah, um, And that's another reason why working with an agency who knows what they're doing is, is pretty helpful.
0: I think businesses should really understand. Like me, I know exactly which one of my posts are really going to blow up because I know what, what category it's in. Mm-hmm. I don't make them all in that category cause i got to kind of stay even. But I know when I post certain ones, I know what's going to happen. Yep, Because you know what your audience is really looking for. Totally. I just don't want to kind of beat the drum too much on the same topic. But, I mean, so many times, though, people really don't really understand their demographic or what their target audience really wants. They're just shooting random stuff out there.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. And, you know, I've um, done a lot of work with food halls, mm-hmm. um, and in all cases, that is a collection of businesses under one roof. Yeah. And what I'm always explaining to those businesses inside is that, you know, our goal is to create a vibrant, large audience for the food hall in general. Mm-hmm. Um if I take every business in here and sort of divide the calendar into each business equally and post about each one in the same way um, we're not going to see growth. That's right. We've got to post about things that are drivers to the place and and to our accounts for the greater good. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe, maybe the dentist office is not going to be featured as much as the biscuit company. Mm -hmm. Um, That's strategic (laughs) and it's smart uh, because it helps grow a really big audience. Um, There's not a lot of usefulness in posting about something that people don't engage with at all. Mm -hmm. So figuring out ways to tell a bigger story, to draw people in, is really important. Yeah, I know
0: um, I love Baltimore. So they have Lexington Market there in Baltimore. Okay. So you wouldn't want to advertise the specific, like the crab cake place or the cookie place. You just want to do the whole market because when you Mm -hmm. know I'm going to Lexington Market, I can get everything I want. And that was the little when we first went there, the guys and they were like, hey, go to Lexington, you want to get some food? We walked in and like, oh, my God, this is everything's in here. You know, so you think about if they were advertised only for crab cakes and everything, people who don't like crab cakes would never go. wouldn't realize they had a full bakery in there and all kind of other stuff going on. So you got to think about kind of the bigger picture and how to really draw the foot traffic into those businesses.
1: Yeah. And variety makes a big difference. You know, you want to be telling stories and Mm -hmm. the great things about small businesses is that they're full of stories. Um, and that can be the history of the business or, or, where the inspiration came from, the name and where that came from, yeah. um, location, the neighborhood it's in and then products, you know, even the products themselves have a story, mm-hmm. um, figuring out what those are and how to tell them. Nice. You know, smart so what's, too. what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your years of business? Yowza. <laughs> um, biggest lesson, goodness. Um, I mean, I think one of the most important ones is to be authentic, um, just be true to who you are, whether you're a business or a business person. Um, you know, don't try to be something you're not. Just people respond to authenticity, nice. um, and and they should. Um, so I think, you know, yeah, being true to yourself, doing what you say you're going to do um, is really important.
0: Nice. So if you could go back 10 years and talk to your past self, what would you tell yourself?
1: All right. Um I mean, that's a really interesting question because 10 years ago I was in a different career mm-hmm. um, in a different city. I think um, – you know, I think what I'd tell myself 10 years ago is that this thing you're doing on the side that you really like to do a lot, um, that can be your full-time job. Like mm-hmm. you are you're you actually can take this and turn it into a successful business because yeah. um, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it. Mm couple of years into doing it you know yeah. um and I think I don't necessarily know if I would have done anything any anything differently in terms of um timing um but it would have been nice to know in hindsight that um it was more possible than I thought it was yeah. you know um yeah I think anytime you're changing careers um that that's really helpful if you can know that in advance yeah you know yeah. things are possible I guess
0: right about well, my good friend Justin he um we both from the mobile home brokers. I went to in Denver, and he does it in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So he's transitioning from one sales job to another, so he has like a two-week break in between. So then in these two weeks, he's only doing his mobile home business. And he told me this morning, he's like, dude, this is so nice. Just really doing my business all day. I was like, you can do it. You know what I mean? So it's that feeling of you really can do your side business as your main career and kind of go from there Mm -hmm. and given that, that that empowerment you feel when you really do it.
1: Yeah. It takes a leap of faith sometimes. And and for me, you know, I loved my life in New York city. I I still love New York city as a place. I wasn't really trying to leave that. Um, but uh, you know, a world of opportunity opened up when I came to a new place and started meeting new people. Um, and Denver's great. There's such a spirit of collaboration among small businesses here that I really value. Um, and, and, I uh, appreciate. Nice, nice, yeah. good stuff. Man. It took me a while to figure that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. Got to figure out. I mean, the same thing we hear. We thought about moving. We got here, and I was here for about four or five years, and I'm going to move back to Houston. And then something just clicked. I'm like, you know, I really like Colorado, and I decided to stay. So, you know, every person has to figure out what their zone is and what they kind of feel like they're doing and kind of going from there. And once you kind of click in a little bit, then things get really nice for you mm-hmm. going from there. Yeah. So how can everybody get in contact with you?
1: Um, we're on the gram, you know, we're, we're on Instagram <laughs> at, at oh hey creative. Uh, so that's O H H E Y creative. Um, that's an easy way to get in touch with us. Um, our email address is my name, Bryant yep. at Oh, Hey, com. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, we, a lot of our conversations we have with businesses that we do collaborations with, um, arts organizations, et cetera, start on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I think I was
0: following, know. um, Denver food hashtag. I forgot what it was. We always love looking for restaurants. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came across the company. I was like, oh, I'm going through all the food stuff. I'm like, oh, this looks good. This looks good. And I was like, okay. And then saw you guys. As, uh, I think you're making a post about some restaurant opening. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then I dug into your um, your page. And I was like, oh. They're really advertising really nice. And talk to of, this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most oh,
1: definitely. I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah, I love, you know, that's, again, it goes back to the social nature of social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you use it well, it's a great way to meet people. It's yeah. a great way to, um, you know, tap into different kinds of communities um, and, and sort of be who you are yeah. Um, yeah. online and in real life. Right, that's right. Well,
0: everybody, this has been the Five Hustles Podcast. If you like what you saw, man, thank you so much. I want you to do three things for me. I want you to like, I want you to follow, and I want you to share. If you're interested in kind of learning how to do real estate or day trading and just want to kind of get your business online and going from there, hit me up. You can check out my link. is going to be fivehustles.com on there. You can click the calendar link and schedule a 10-minute call with me. We can kind of go over some things and kind of just get you on the right path to having your business go where you want to go. All right. Take care.